Welcome back to the Horseman's University podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Horseman's University, including our membership site and our video library, you can go to www.thehorsemansuniversity.com. Today we're going to be jumping into a conversation about offering more responsibility to your horse with NCHA Hall of Fame cutting trainer Doug Jordan. Before we get to that, I'd just like to say that the Horseman's University podcast is brought to you by Jordan Oaks Ranch, Rose Horsemanship Center, Pear Tree Ranch, and Copperline Farm. If you'd like to be a sponsor, you can go to www.thehorsemansuniversity.com, scroll to the bottom, and click the sponsorship link. Without further ado, we can jump into this conversation with Doug. It's going to be nice and cozy in here. Yeah. <laughs> I might be sleeping by the time yeah. of this interview. And the uh, podcast ends with both of us snoring. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> talking about that, offering responsibility to the horse mm-hmm. and how that how that's different with the program that you're teaching the horses versus what's in the cutting industry. Well, I think typically in the cutting horse businesses, they, they want to, they don't really want horse to make a mistake. They want, they want to show them the correct way to do things and they want to show them over and over. And, uh, my approach is, you know, a little different than that in that I, I I want my horse to explore and um, allow him to make mistakes but allow him to learn from those mistakes so he actually learns um, how to do things in the same way I would want them done mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think the advantage that I see as you come the horse comes away as a partner mm-hmm. more so um, than than the other way. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> there's something that you said at lunch today that was kind of to that effect, where people want the horse to be on their level right yeah. now, yeah. as opposed to. Yeah, that's very common. Yeah where the people are so in tune on what they want the horse to do and so their 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 whole strategy and their whole energy is on convincing that horse where they need to be Mm -hmm. and because they have an idea where they want that horse to be yeah Uh, the sad thing about that is that um the horse gets left behind in that scenario mm-hmm. because <clears throat> my my thinking is if if you could get the person to work from where the horse is you know start from where the horse is what what does the horse understand what does he feel um start from where he's at and and ask yourself what does this horse need for him to understand what I'm asking him to do mm-hmm. and uh, you know what kind of experiences do I need to allow him to 
be a part of for him to learn what it is I want him to learn. So he has choices. Yeah. And he has decisions to make. And um, and through all that, that could be a positive thing. And it could be a thing that leads him closer, faster to what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a horse can change much quicker if we start from where he is as opposed to trying to drag that horse to where we are. Yeah. And so, and I think when you watch people work with their horses in that way where they're working from, from where the horse is, you start to feel those change changes in the horse happen a lot faster. Yeah. It's, it seems so for those of you listening, uh, at home, Doug is up in Wisconsin doing a, a series or a clinic and, and did some private lessons as well. And the, there have been some great changes over the course of just a, a day, a session, really. It seems like one of the common denominators in all of this is patience. Not, not needing the horse to make, to make the right move now, but almost just allowing him enough time to make a decision I mean, yes. Does that seem? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I tend, people tend to be a little quick to want things to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the timing for the horse is different than the timing for the person. Yeah. And, and you really see a difference if you, if you know, in the, <clears throat> what I see in, in people that are trying to get the horse working from where they are you know, the horse is trying to work on the person's timing, whatever they're offering. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't always come cl- come through very clear to the horse what it is they're yeah. being asked. And, and the same can happen the other way. I mean, when you're, when you're working f- from the horse's perspective, there's times where Oh, I didn't. I was a little late there, or I was a little early there, or I did too much there, or I didn't do enough there. But all those things help you for the preparing for the next time. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, it's better to do it at the right time um, than doing it at the wrong time ten times. Right. So because every time you do it the wrong time, that just it, it just it, it could frustrate the horse. It could uh, just make everything blurry to the horse as far as what what it is you're asking him to do. So I tell people a lot of times that you've got the right idea, just the wrong time. Yeah. And so if you just kind of hang in there and wait for that right time, just that one time at the right time has so much meaning to the horse. So that's kind of, well, for me at least, I, I think, well, how do I know when the right time is? Is it just a matter of that extra second to let that horse make a decision? Well, yeah, and that's, an, that's a neat thing about a horse. He's going to tell you right away whether it's going to work, work or not. Mm. You don't have to do something 300 times. 
Just for one time, the right time. A lot of times, even when I'm setting things up for a horse and I know that he's going to make the wrong decision, but if I set it up properly, he's not going to do it over two or three times. But you let him make that decision. I let him make that mis- decision. I let him, I let him commit to that decision mm-hmm. so he, he can explore his idea and he'll figure out that his idea wasn't as comfortable or as good as he thought it was. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he will search and he will try something different. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize that a horse is capable of thinking and making decisions mm-hmm. uh, that are either they're comfortable or they're not comfortable. So, and when I say that, it's not something that uh, it doesn't need to feel like it's a punishment. When I say it's uncomfortable, it'd be like you or me talking in in a conversation and it's 100 degrees out and there's a nice shade tree, you know, just 20 feet away. Well, we'll just kind of mosey over there and stand under the shade trees because it's more comfortable. Right. It wasn't a life or death situ- situation to stand in the sun mm-hmm. for that conversation. It was just more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, horses um, don't necessarily know right from wrong in that black and white sense. No. But it's a matter of it's a it's a matter of feeling comfortable yeah the, the horse wants to feel comfortable and safe and and part of a part of a partnership really because they're you know they're, they will they want to be a part of the herd or they want to be a part of what you're what you're doing mm-hmm. um so I th- the horse is really an amazing animal because he can work no matter how wrong your approach might be or the horse is still trying yeah you know i i see it all the time in in the cutting world i'll watch somebody work and i'll go i don't know how in the world why that horse does what he does because to me there's no motivation in doing it because of all the things that the horse is experiencing Mm -hmm. you know i watched a i'm not i watched a good trainer the other day i would say good trainer i mean he's a well-known trainer well-known showman and i had i had a friend with me and i said i want you to count how many times he moves his hands and moves his feet because every time he does he's asking that horse something to do Mm. and i said i want you to count how many times he does that in 30 seconds how many times He's asking that horse to do something. And what it came out to was about 30 times in Over, 30 seconds. In 30 seconds. So once a second, he's yeah. asking. So you, you imagine you being around somebody <laughs> asking you something every second. Yeah. And, you know, to me, then you're just trying to survive. Especially if it's, uh, if it's, doing like moving to the right and then hitting something and then moving to the, and pinging ponging between somebody's legs or between their hands that would get pretty frustrating like you can see where yeah it does it, would get and, and a lot and a lot of horses take it a lot better than people will would, yeah. would ever take it but <clears throat> so I, I guess you know what motivates me is trying to share 
my experiences and my mistakes and because um, I've I've done a lot of I've done a lot of experimenting in my life. Mm-hmm. I can tell you a lot of things that don't work, <laughs> and I can, and I can tell you a few things that do work really well. Yeah. But it's through that process that I went through of making mistakes and realizing that okay, you know those those mistakes made me better. Yeah, they were opportunities for me to to get better timing and better feel. Was there ever in like an aha moment where there was okay, the horse needs response? Like you, you kind of it clicked. Things clicked like a. Um, a moment in time or something somebody that somebody had said that made a lot of sense and uh, changed your outlook or has this always been kind no, of the path no it's always been my path I mean I've I think Ray Ray had a, a great influence on me yeah and um, and that kind of started that that journey as far as trying to find out what's best for the horse Mm-hmm. trying to find out the best approach to use because just because one approach works on one horse doesn't mean it's going to work just that well on the next one so you mm-hmm. you're constantly adjusting to yeah. fit the situation or the same horse a different day <laughs> yeah very yep exactly yeah that's uh i mean it's powerful stuff and you see it come through with the horses and how relaxed they are even within a session from start to finish where it's they just once they get in that mindset where they're allowed to make a decision and i've seen it elsewhere too with this with horsemanship and everything where they're they're the one making a decision whether it's going over jumps or crossing a bridge or cutting a cow or working the flag once once they are put in the driver's seat a little bit more they're way more relaxed and they typically do a better job of it, you know, as, as long as it's, you know, presented to them in the right way. The yeah, way. I, I agree with that. And I think it's so important to, to have them in a good frame of mind mm-hmm. whenever, whatever you're teaching them, mm-hmm. that the end result is that they're comfortable and they feel good about what they've, what they've learned or what they've done. Yeah. So, a little bit of background with you. Have you always been into horse? Have, have horses been in your life for your whole life? Yes. Yeah. They, my dad was a farrier. Uh, my mom was a 4-H uh, leader and, and uh, teacher. She taught a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up uh, helping my mom saddle uh lesson horses and and there was a time or two where my mom was ill or something and I would have to teach lessons to the grown-ups and I was probably I was I think probably 11 or 12 years old (laughs) so wow um she would probably give oh probably 90 anywhere from 60 to 90 lessons a week wow and so um my mom was a very good communicator she could people were very she made everybody feel very comfortable and at ease yeah and so 
So that's um, where you kind of got your start with horses is through your family and yeah, through my family. Yeah, I had a great, great upbringing. You know, my dad was he he uh, he never. Uh, I had a lot of responsibility as a kid, but I always had room to explore too, mm-hmm. and I think that's. That's so important, and I think it's important in the horses. You know, um, the more I've learned, the more I realize how important it is to allow that horse to explore mm-hmm. and to kind of kind of figure things out. You know, if it's set up in the right environment, they can they can sort things out and pretty quickly on what's what's working for them and what isn't. Right. Yeah. So when did cutting come into the... Uh, I was probably... My dad started cutting when I was probably eight or... I think eight or nine years old. And then he... he uh, we had an old barn and he had a cow pen in the back and he kind of put pea gravel back there because the ground wasn't very good. And that's kind of where he started cutting was in the back back of our barn. And, <laughs> and uh, I was... I think 10 or 11 the first time I... I got on a cutting horse. It was my mom's horse. Mm-hmm. His name was Rawhide, and and uh, he was always prone to be a little cow fresh, but he was always a real cowy horse. And so the first time I got to ride, <clears throat> I drove out there, and and the cow was standing in the middle of the pen, and I just put my hand down, and and the turnback people kind of came up to move that cow. And, and uh, as soon as that cow moved, my horse jumped straight up in the air. And then when I <laughs> when I came down, there wasn't any horse there. He'd already <laughs> he'd already gone with the cow. I was sitting right there in the dirt. I mean, I was, couldn't have been any. But uh, that was the first. That was my was... first ride. Yeah. <laughs> and you were hooked after. Oh that. well, I, I got back on, and uh, yeah, I got hooked. <coughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's but that, that's what I love. I love to give people that first experience. Yeah. You know, because it's something they'll remember the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And you're working on a, I mean, you have a big project going on to, to help people with that experience. Yeah, you bet. I'm working on developing a retreat in uh, Greenville, Texas, and where people can come and, and get that experience to ride a cutting horse for the first time and yeah. and also for those that have horses that need uh, want to improve their horsemanship and mm-hmm. their stockmanship and stuff yeah so I, I enjoy helping people and and uh, it always I, I think I get more out of it than they do yeah <laughs> well seeing that transformation is just like you know it's got to be so rewarding. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and and uh, especially a first ride on a real well-trained cutting horse. Just Yeah, th- those first couple moves that you feel that horse moving on his own, is mm. it's hard to describe what that feel is. Yeah. And people just have to experience it. Yeah. And because uh, that animal's having a mind to, of his own to kind of take care of things yeah and you're just there as a passenger mm-hmm. and uh, uh do you have a timeline for 
completion on the on the when you're gonna. No, I, I don't. I don't put retreat. a timeline. I don't put a deadline on myself because that just that would put too much pressure on me. <laughs> don't want to commit to a solid no, day. No, no, no. I want to enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, but we're and, we're getting pretty close to having the flag flag arena set up, mm-hmm. so people can come and we can work the flag, and then uh, we've got uh, over five hundred acres there. So there's a lot of area there to go for a trail ride or mm. go fishing or i, I want to make it kind of a place where you can relax yeah and so. well it's it's it certainly sounds like a place where you can accomplish that seeing all the cows out in the yeah landscape it's a it's a pretty piece of property yeah. and it just kind of i know every time i'm out there it kind of gives me a little peace yeah and I, i'd like to share that yeah. So is that is that your favorite part about horses and about the you know the whole journey of horsemanship that you've been on being able to pass that along and helping people and seeing you know giving people our first ride and seeing them be happy with their horses after helping them or Well, I I enjoy seeing yeah, I enjoy seeing that and I think most of all, though, I'm I'm more motivated uh, for people to be aware how good a deal they can give their horse and how the horse can respond mm-hmm. with less pressure and less conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes in the past, where and I've. I've gone back and I've had to kiss up to many horses for <laughs> for the mistakes I've made, and uh, you know. Yeah. But I, I make less and less mistakes now than I did then, and but I'll still make some. Yeah. But it's not to the point where, you know, I just keep trying to get better, right? And doing less and allowing my horse to do more. <clears throat> yeah. It's not to say that you don't ever have to be firm with your horse in the, or any horse in the training process like sometimes it gets worse before it gets better when they learn that they can take responsibility mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you know what i mean yeah yeah no the firmness is i think something that's necessary but how do you present that firmness is is a key right and and allowing a horse to you know i, I tell people you know I don't mind being firm, but I said I always want to kind of let my horse know I'm coming, mm. too. Uh, and so they, first and yeah, so they'll know they they have an opportunity to to um, respond. respond. Yeah, yeah, and probably equally as important as how the firmness is applied is how the release is. Yeah, you said a key word there, release, and and. If I had to pick a word that was probably the most important to the horse, would that be one of them? That relief that that horse feels. When did he feel the relief? And how long did he feel it for? And and because that's that's one thing the horse, I think, really kind of keys in on Mm -hmm. is where where did I feel that relief? That's the, I mean, that's the driving, that's the motivation behind their 
decision making is well the relief is is more of a, a, a getting an understanding the pressure is 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 you use it in a way that's more of a a motivational but it doesn't do the teaching it's the relief to me that does the teaching mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense to the horses you can see it it doesn't, doesn't well, yeah. take too many times when they put no. their nose on that flag and everything goes away and they're yeah. like, oh, that's a pretty comfortable flag right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, and it's, like I say, horses are an amazing animal, how quickly they can change. And, and change, and not only change in a way, but they'll change where they look confident like they've been doing it for all their life. Right. You know, they can change where, for us, we can change but then in the back of our mind we still got that that failure hanging over and we we tend to hang on to that maybe longer Mm -hmm. and so we don't carry that confidence as quickly we don't get that confidence but that horse it seems like he's very forgiving he'll forget about all your mistakes and 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 he'll get confident in your what you're offering Mm -hmm. yeah especially once that i mean that confidence can become a pattern you know and you want it to be a pattern you want it to be a good pattern yeah yeah Yeah. confidence in the right direction yeah 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 Yeah, for sure all right well thank you for uh sharing your knowledge and and all of your wisdom well uh, i'm still learning and i'm enjoying the process so And I just want to share that with those around me. Yeah. You can find uh, more about Doug, uh, jordanoaksranch.com. Also on the Horseman's University, we'll be putting his his videos up from uh, this past weekend soon. And uh, you can look to learn more there or go and find him at the retreat. So thanks for being a part of this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.